0: Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer.
1: Thanks. This is 2 Peter chapter 1, verses three through 15. God's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life, and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us according to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that's in this world because of sinful desire. And so, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and your virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and with steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and finally, brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours, and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able to, at any time to recall these things.
0: I don't know about you, but I don't know if I've ever been alive in a time where it's been easier to settle with being okay with just okay. Uh, excellence has kind of just been put out of our minds altogether. Uh, think about it. Like we've been settling for professional sports games being played in front of no fans at all. Talk shows are being recorded in homes of the talk show hosts by honestly, what looks like it can only it can't be any better than the the recording of a standard iPhone. Uh, I actually saw a clip of Stephen Colbert's show during the shutdown. He was literally taping the show from his bathtub. It might've been the most unfunny three minutes of TV that I've ever sat through in my entire life. I'm telling you, our expectations of what constitutes excellence has been downgraded significantly. And what we do with our children? My goodness, a few weeks ago, I was at home with the girls all day on my day off, and we've been doing homeschool this year, and so, we're in the house all day and it's getting cold out, so you know, they go outside for like a five minute quote unquote recess and they're back inside. And so finally around four o'clock, we go to Chinook's grocery store to get one thing, lettuce. I want to make salad for dinner and so we went for lettuce. But here's the crazy thing about it. I went to the store the night before and I bought tons of stuff. But I didn't buy lettuce. And I told my oldest daughter, Abby, I'm like, I'm pretty much leaving one thing off the grocery list every single time just so that I have something to go do the next day and a place to take you guys uh, just to get you out of the house. I'm about to, I don't know about anybody else, but like the grocery store has become the highlight of my existence, I feel like, to get us out of the prison cell that's my home. Uh, and then there's meetings. We, if we don't care about excellence with meetings. Our meetings have gone from in-person snooze fests to online atrocities. Um, no lie, the other day I actually texted Eric, my boss, after we had two back-to-back Zoom meetings and I told him, I'm like, dude, I think I died somewhere in the middle of a Zoom meeting today. And he sends me back this GIF. Um, some of you guys call it a GIF, you're wrong. Uh, he sends me back this GIF where somebody's sitting at a computer and his spirit is like leaving his body. And that's what it feels like. We all know it. That's what it feels like being in a Zoom meeting nowadays. But it's like we don't know how to make things excellent right now. We're almost like just trying to get by. You ever feel that way? I don't doubt that you do. I know I feel like that. Right now we're going through this unlimited series. And today what we're doing is we're talking about this core value that we have at Central Christian Church, which is Excellence honors God and it inspires people. But can I be honest, 2020 has felt really difficult to be a time for going after excellence. Even as a church, uh, we we were doing church online, then we got outdoors for it, and then we finally got inside, but even that feels like there's limits. Things definitely haven't felt unlimited like this series is titled. But what if God is teaching us that excellence is different than what we've come to believe it is? What if we've all gotten a little bit skewed in our understanding of what the excellent life really is? And so maybe, just maybe 2020 is meant to be kind of our reset button when we think about excellence and what it's all supposed to be in our lives. One of the main characters in the Bible is this guy named Peter, and he is probably as close to any guy as we can find as as being Jesus' best friend. He's also the guy that we would look at as being the guy who kept the church going after Jesus left earth. And he wrote a few letters that are in the New Testament. And one of those letters, he writes about this idea of excellence. And Eric read the whole passage before I got going here. So we're just going to kind of take this passage apart bit by bit. So I'm starting off here in 2 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4. Peter writes, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that, this, that is in the world because of sinful nature, sinful desire. Uh, now let's be honest. Does that does. Do those two verses sound like word salad to anybody else? No, I had to read through that thing like at least four times before I started to trigger in my brain what was actually being said. And So let's take it slowly right now. What's verse three saying in English words? It's saying that God has divine power and we come to know that power through his glory, which is the cross of Jesus and through his excellence. And this knowledge gives us everything we need for life and for living in godliness. Now the Greek word that's used here to describe the excellence of Jesus in this verse, it's this word rete, and it literally means moral excellence or moral purity. So let's break this thing down a little further even. Here, here's what this verse means, maybe dumbed down as much as we can possibly dumb it down. God is powerful. We see his power in the cross. We see his power in his moral perfection. And knowing the cross and knowing his perfection more will give us all that we need to grow in excellence ourselves. Okay, so that's verse three. And I think verse four is meaning, man, it gets even better, I think. What Peter was saying in verse four is that by the way of Jesus's intervention in the world, his coming here as a perfect source for our salvation, we've been given some awesome promises. And that promise is that we can now partake of the divine nature. Now, frankly, that doesn't make a ton of sense either, probably. So what does it mean to partake of the divine nature? It may be best to explain it in means of the physical world and the divine world. Peter's essentially saying that we've come to find a way to escape. We have to find a way to escape the physical world and all of its corruption so that we can take part in the divine world. And this corruption that our sin keeps us, it keeps us unable to partake of the divine nature. It keeps us from knowing God. But Jesus is our source of true excellence who lets us escape this corruption that's all around us. And Jesus is this source of true excellence who gives us this promise that we can know God and be made right with God. And so really here's what Peter's saying in these two verses. The route to true excellence can only be taken through Jesus. It's like this road that we've gotta take and it goes through Jesus to get to excellence. Do you want to get to the point where your life is more than it is right now? Do you want to experience what real success looks and feels like? Then you got to stop viewing excellence and success through the eyes of the world and begin seeing success through God's definition of success, through his eyes. True success is always found on this road that leads through Jesus. You and I, we've come to understand we come to an understanding that this true excellence that's to be found through Jesus has nothing to do with our own perfection. What the world sees as excellent isn't always what God sees as excellent. You can try like crazy to be perfect at your craft, whatever it might be, but that's not the excellence that God has given you access to through Jesus. Really, that kind of excellence isn't, it's not even always the priority that God think that you might believe that it is to God. Uh, when we go after excellence in any given area of our lives, what happens is we often take a lot of shortcuts. Think about a doctor honing her craft day after day, year after year, constantly studying, constantly learning from each patient that she's intending to. But usually shortcuts are having to be taken in other areas of life. To get to the 60 to 80 hour work week, the family life suffers. There's little time for rest. There's little time for fun. There's little time for seeking after God. You might become the most excellent doctor in the world, but without Jesus, you'll never experience what true excellence is. You might be the most excellent anything in the world, but the only excellence that matters in the end to Jesus is the excellence of a heart that's made pure by him. Without that, all other excellence, it just comes up short. And if it takes throwing your relationships or your morals away to get to this excellence that other people say is excellent, it's simply not excellence. The ends simply just do not justify the means. And here's something that I, I, I hit on this once in a while because I think for young men in particular, it, it really can be an issue. Uh, many guys treat video games as if it is like the route to tr- truly excellent living. Um, Now, that might sound a little bit stupid, but you gotta think about it. Guys will ignore people for days on end to feed their desire for video games. There was a time in my life, pre-children, where video games could take up a whole day of my life. Uh, And I didn't even know it would happen before I even realized it happened. I used to come home on Wednesday nights after leading youth group, and this was early on in my marriage, and I'd start playing Madden football, and Thursdays were always my day off, and so I'd play, and I'd play, and I'd keep on playing and it'd be, it'd be 2 a.m. and I'd think to myself, okay, one more game and then I'm going to bed. And four games later, it's almost 6 a.m. and Crystal's about to get up and she's about to go to work and so I climb into bed and I try to trick her into thinking that I, I wasn't a loser who was just playing eight hours of video games until six in the morning. I was in bed, you know, for a long time. I don't, I'm not sure she always bought it. Um, but guys get tricked into thinking that Video games bring the excellent life. We all have things that, where we get tricked into thinking that those things will bring us some, some kind of excellence that's not really excellent. Guys think these video games freeze them from their thoughts. It brings a little bit of peace in a crazy world. It's fun, but it can often bring destruction of catastrophic proportions. Ruined marriages because of an addiction that causes relationship abandonment. Uh, I've seen guys drop out of college because they've been addicted to video games. Kids who feel abandoned because of a game that simply seems more important to their dad than they seem to be. All of this in an effort to find a superficial form of the excellent life. Excellence itself can't be the goal. If excellence alone is a goal for you, you might be willing to go after it and not realize the expense that it might cost you in other areas of your life. There is a cost to excellence if it's not taken through the road that Jesus is on. Excellence outside of Jesus will never be perfect. Jesus is the goal. Taking every part of our lives and running it through this road of Jesus has to become our goal. You may not become the the best in your occupation field by doing things through this route that Jesus sets for you, but you will have a heart that's becoming more like Jesus. You'll get to partake in the divine nature, which always beats what the nature of this world has to offer you. Now, just because you take the route of Jesus, it doesn't mean that you're all of a sudden going to be perfect in everything that you do simply because you came to know Jesus a little bit more. What Jesus has done for you is he's granted you something that you can't obtain on your own. You cannot be perfect. You cannot achieve a level of excellence that's deserving of glory and honor. You can't get things right enough so that God takes notice of you. The only real excellence that there is in life is found in Jesus. He is everything that's perfect. And this is where he displays, I think, his most unbelievable and unmatched power, Jesus places his moral excellence upon you, and he completely cr- transforms your identity. When you come to know him and trust in his excellency, he transforms your identity from one that knows only sinful desire, and he replaces it with something beautiful, something divine. You take on Jesus's perfection. Not, it's not a work that you're doing, but it's completely a work of his doing alone. While you may not be perfect with Jesus, his perfection will inevitably start to rub off on you. And so I want you to listen to this next part that Peter writes in verses five through nine. He says, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are are yours, and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Uh, So Peter talks about all, all these great character qualities here that we should make every effort to supplement our faith with. I absolutely love his wording here, saying that, that this is a supplement to our faith. You see, good character doesn't save us. Good character is it's a supplement to our faith. It's essentially the thing that brings real health to our faith. Uh, when you supplement your diet with vitamins, you're bringing added health value into your diet. Uh, your faith, without these character qualities that Peter's talking about, might look a lot like a diet without the right vitamins. Uh, But if we're going to be real about it, sometimes our character isn't great. I know when my character is suffering, my faith is almost 100% of the time not in a great place. It's not that my faith is non-existent, um, but it's not a great place. Peter writes here in verse 9, For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. What he's saying is that when you're lacking in character, it shows that you've forgotten to some degree what it is that Jesus has actually done for you. Your character falters in response to a faith that's actually forgotten something important. And the more that your character falters, it's, it's like taking away the vitamin supplements uh, in your diet. Your faith is going to falter the more that your character falters. It's a vicious cycle that just keeps going. But you and I can, we can break free from the cycle of character suicide. Uh, And this passage, I think, makes it clear how. Increasingly excellent character is available to you as a gift from Jesus. You actually can get past your own demons when it comes to character shortcomings. Uh, Peter, it's like he's screaming at us in verse 9. You were cleansed from your former sins. They are not a part of your past. They don't have to be necessary to your future. You only lack godly character qualities if, you're, if you've been blinded to the freedom that you now have from your sin that Jesus has won for you on the cross. It's a matter of faith to believe that Jesus is big enough to help you excel in your character. And I like what Mark Sanborn says in, in one of his books. He says, we might never be the best, but we can always better our best. With Jesus, there's always this hope that your character tomorrow can be better than your character was today. I love that, Uh, but I also love that, you know, if your character wasn't better today than it was yesterday, there's always a hope that you're forgiven for the days where your character takes a step back. As a dad, I don't get concerned if one of my kids has a really bad day. Uh, She might wake up angry at the world. It happens, especially with these little girls going into like middle school, man. You know, she yells at her sister for something ridiculous like breathing too loudly. Yes it has actually been a situation in my house. I'm not gonna say which daughter, uh, but one of them has definitely yelled at her sisters for breathing too loudly. And it's like, honey, what's the alternative? Like, do you actually want her to stop breathing? And on a really bad day, she might say like, yeah, that'd be awesome. See, my kids are gonna have bad days just like your kids are gonna. I have bad days just like you have bad days. Uh, where, I, where I begin to get concerned as a parent is when those bad days begin to form a pattern. It's no longer a bad day, it's, it's just a bad formation in their character. You can be increasing in excellent character and still have a bad day every now and then. You don't have to be perfect. Uh, the best measurements for your character may not be comparing yourself to yesterday. It might be better to compare your character to last week or to last year. Now consider this, when's the last time that you took some inventory on your life of character? Be careful, I'm not asking you to compare your production in life to last year or or compare your ability to do things in front of people, the things that they see to last year to a while back. I'm asking you to compare your character to where it was last month, last year, three years ago. And here's why this is important. If your character isn't developing in excellence like peter says here you probably don't know jesus as well as you think that you know you may not be placing your faith in jesus like you think you were placing your faith in jesus increasingly excellent character is a gift from jesus it's free for the taking but we have to know jesus and believe in the identity change that he gives us in order to take the gift and to use it well and i love that we can take inventory of our character because It's actually something that, with God's help, I can actually do something about my character. I can work with God to grow how I respond to life around me, to respond more and more the way that Jesus would. I can't do that with everything else in life. I can't always produce changes in other people. I can't always produce at work where there's so many other factors at play. And this is where we can find some kind of peace in letting Jesus grow our character. If we look to excel in matters of character, our lack of excellence in production isn't gonna matter so much. It's not gonna be such a big deal. My kids, uh, if my kids are grown in character, their grades don't matter quite as much to me. If my kids are knowing Jesus more and more and living out his excellent virtues, not getting better at the piano or, or at a sport or not waking up well in the morning, those things are just, they're not gonna matter as much. Character is what counts. And Jesus makes it possible for every single one of us to grow in our character as we hold on to and grow in our belief for what he's done for us. And here's the final piece, I think, from from Peter's writing that we're going to look at today. It's verses 12 through 15. He says, Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right as long as I am in this body to stir you up By way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me, and I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. Uh, The last thing I think that Peter's trying to get across in this passage is this. Make a habit of reminding yourself and others that excellence is worth striving for and of what kind of excellence is worth striving for. You see, you and I, we're forgetful people. Do you realize how often your striving for excellence of character gets dwarfed by strivings for all kinds of other things? Maybe this week you swore at another driver because your excellent arrival time mattered more to you than excellence and patience. Maybe for a brief moment you forgot that your child's lack of excellent obedience to your commands didn't negate your need to display excellent grace while under duress. How can we be excellent if we're constantly forgetting how to really be excellent? Uh, Mark Sanborn, another thing that he tells in this book that I read, uh, he was telling a story about uh, many years ago when Sir Lawrence Olivier gave a performance uh, from the stage, and it was extraordinary, even for him. And his friend goes backstage to congratulate him on this extraordinary performance, and he found the actor just in a bad mood. And his friend says to him, what's wrong? Uh, that, was, that was the most incredible performance that I've ever seen from you. And Olivier replied to him, he's like, yeah, I, I just don't know how I did it. And he was dejected. Have you ever had one of those days where everything you did was just right? You got up early in the morning and you didn't even look at Facebook first. You didn't even hit the snooze button. You got up early and you prayed about your day. And then you, you got your workout clothes on, you, you beasted out a great workout. You got up so early that after, after that workout, you had time to make breakfast for you and your whole family, and you smiled at them while they barely said good morning to you. Then you go out the door and you, you waved kindly to the neighbor who was letting his dog do his business in your yard and he wasn't going to clean it up. <laughs> you got to work and you, you didn't procrastinate even for one minute. You didn't spend one minute wasting your time. You made use of your time. You got tons of stuff done. Then you got home. You made dinner for the wife and the kids. Uh, you, you talked to them through their life issues. You read them a story. You tucked them in for bed, and you still had time for a heart-to-heart conversation with your spouse. Yeah, nobody has ever had that day ever, okay? But you've all had that day where, where you kicked it out of the park. You had a good day. Of course we've had those days. You were as, Close to what you figure Jesus wants you to be and then it's like the next day It was like you forgot everything that you did and you struggled the whole day excellence was a lost cause We I go disc golfing with a bunch of kids from the youth group and we make joke about this one buddy of ours that comes with us And it's like it takes him till hole 17 to remember how to play disc golf excellence sometimes it's a lost cause on us and I think that's what Olivia was trying to say about this play that He had done it so well, but he didn't know how he was going to do it again. We shouldn't have that problem when it comes to living the kind of excellent life that Jesus has opened the door for us to live. We know how to live it. We just have to be reminded of it. And usually we have to be reminded quite often how to live that life. The biggest thing that we need to remind ourselves about uh, and remind other people about is that Jesus himself was excellent on our behalf. The only way you're going to live a life of excellent character is when you're faithfully and regularly submitting yourself to the road that Jesus lays out for you. It's a road that doesn't hold the same priorities that most people hold in life. It's less about production and it's more about slowing down. Are you taking the time to slow down and let God show you the most excellent way that he has for you to live? Or are you barging ahead without considering the costs? See, the excellent life is not found at 100 miles per hour. You might get a lot done living life that way, but you're going to move so fast that you probably are going to miss every off-ramp that God puts out there that he, he was supposed to get on. If you can be thankful for anything during this season of working from home and shutdowns, you can be thankful that God may be showing you something more of his excellence while you while you come down from this 100 mile an hour life and you begin to cruise at 25 miles an hour let it be a time for god to show you the areas of your character that he wants to grow towards deeper excellence again you don't have to strive for excellence in order to be recognized by god you were recognized by god and because of that he makes his excellence available to you he offers you forgiveness from your sin and imperfection. He offers you the gifts of an increasingly excellent character. He wants to let other people see his excellency when they look at your life. He wants to show the world through your life that there's a better road worth taking than our sinful desires have to offer. Have you been seeking an excellent life that's apart from Jesus? Or are you seeking an excellent life that is firmly centered on Jesus? The only life that's centered on Jesus, only that life is going to experience the kind of excellence and the kind of character that's gonna make you feel whole and make you feel satisfied. What shift might you be, need to make in your life today as you think about striving for excellent living and striving for excellent character? What truth about Jesus do you need to maybe focus on more today? You're only gonna grow in character as you begin to grow in Jesus. Why don't you pray with me? Lord? I thank you so much for your excellence. God, we are all faulted people with plenty of sin in our lives, in our past. God, we don't want to let that sin continue on into our future. You have given us a way to excellent living, to excellent character, and it's found in your son, Jesus Christ. God, I pray that every day you will draw me to to following after the example of Jesus. God, I thank you that you give us the 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 option for victory when it comes to living with character god i pray that you'll help us this week to hold on to the truths about you that maybe we've been forgetting that that at the end of this week we could look at our life that next sunday we could say i've been more patient than i was last sunday uh i've been more full of grace for people around me than i was last sunday god i pray that you'd begin to make those changes in our hearts help us to look to you each and every moment this week remind us of how we can find the kind of godly character that you want for us in jesus name amen thanks again for joining us on the central and janesville podcast remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com have a great week